for both prescription and non-prescription sunglasses with lens crafted for your lifestyle. Stop by iCare of the Bighorns located behind Subway on Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan and online at iCareOfTheBighorns.com. At Sunlight Federal Credit Union, we know how important convenience, time, and flexibility are for you. That's why we've joined the Co-op Shared Branching Network, which gives you access to your account at over 5,600 branches across all 50 states. That's just one more way we make Sunlight Federal Credit Union your branch for your funds, no matter what you're doing or where you're at. Join Sunlight Federal Credit Union today and start experiencing the credit union difference. When you talk to your pets, this is what they hear. And your dog replies... Hey, Mr. Whiskers, I think he's saying we're getting new dog and cat food from Northwest Naturals. Raw diets for dogs and cats sold locally only at the Health Nut. He says Northwest Naturals has cat treats, too. Which means you guys stay here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall right now. Hi, this is Ken with Prime Rate Motors, and we are looking to buy your clean used vehicles, campers, UTVs, and tractors of any age. Are your payments too high? We will also downtrade you out of your current vehicle into a more affordable one. Or if you just need a professional assessed value of your current car, truck, or SUV, we do on-the-spot appraisals. Stop by 2305 Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan or call 674-6677 and also see our full inventory at primeratemotors.com. Running, falling, standing up again, standing up again. Between July and September 2022, a recording endeavor called the Wyo Folk Project was engineered in Hoback, Wyoming. The compilation ultimately became an album of 14 previously unreleased works by 14 of Wyoming's celebrated songwriters. I just want to blame someone, but the jury's hung. Join Jalon Crossland, Sarah Sample, Aaron Davis, and many more as they perform the Wyo Folk Project live tomorrow night at 7 in Sheridan's Wyo Theater. Get your tickets today at the box office or online at yotheater.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, the upcoming month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Here in Wyoming, an astounding 33.9% of women and 30.5% of men have experienced intimate partner physical violence, sexual violence, or stalking in their lifetimes. In 2019 alone, there were over 2,000 reported domestic violence incidents with 88% classified as assaults. This figure may seem relatively small compared to other states, but it is no less significant when you take the time to remember that Wyoming has the least population density in the nation. Furthermore, most of these cases were perpetrated by current or former spouses or partners. 
65%. Joining me this morning is Sheridan Police Department Captain Tom Ringley and Lieutenant James Hill. Good morning, officers. Good morning, Floyd. Good morning. Uh, now, Lieutenant, from a law enforcement perspective, is domestic violence an issue here in Sheridan? Yes. I, you know, any violence is a problem. That's one of the main reasons why police departments exist, right, is to protect people and to uh, prevent crime. And uh, the crime of violence is something that we are you know, as a top priority we're most concerned with. Intimate partner violence uh, makes up a significant uh, portion of crime in Sheridan, as it does in most places in America. Um, it's not unique that it's a uh, large portion of violent crime that we address here in Sheridan. And it's uh, something that we take uh, special notice of and handle um, in specific ways because we want to prevent the violence from occurring in the future. Captain, you told me that this is the most likely to escalate uh, type of, of incident. Could you elaborate on that, sir? Yeah, um, it's because, well, it's for several reasons. One is passions involved. People, and I don't mean romantic passion, I mean emotions are involved. These are people that are in extremely close proximity to one another. They've either lived together or have lived together at one point or they're related. Um, emotion, we, there's a term emotions got the better of me and that's what's happening. Although it absolutely doesn't excuse anything. Um, and often the, oftentimes the victim is a, been a victim for an, a period of time and they're just a, a target of opportunity and like most a lot of behaviors um, it starts out with a small act in this case maybe a, a verbal argument and then that argument over time evolves into um, mean-spiritedness yeah. and verbal abuse which in time can escalate into um, physical abuse yeah Throwing things to the house and destroying people's property, yes. things and that, like and that, and then there's a leap made that from destroying property to hurting a person. Yeah. Can you define these? What these offenses actually are? What is the difference between battery and aggravated assault? Uh, we hear those a lot in the news, battery, aggravated assault. What, what's the real difference? Yeah, and then they get assault and battery and aggravated assault. And, um, they all get interchanged, sometimes incorrectly. Um, assault is essentially a swing and a miss. Um, if I try to hurt you, if I try to punch you and miss, or if I threaten you and I have the means to harm you, but I don't harm you, that that's assault. Um, Battery is, uh, especially in regards to domestic abuse, is when a household member um, knowingly or recklessly causes bodily injury um, to another household member by use of physical force. Um, so if I have the, I'm going to punch you, and I do punch you, and I injure you, then that's um, th that's battery. Aggravated assault is um, when one. Uh, Calls or attempts to cause that's um, serious bodily injury to another intentionally, knowing or knowingly or recklessly. Um, so that's where I'm trying to. If I threaten you with a weapon, okay, 
Or, um, or throw something at me. Yes, throw something at you or actually hurt you. Okay. And, and with, with serious bodily injury, there's um, the, the definition, um, the delineation between um, injury and serious bodily injury are usually, they're, it's on a case by case basis. Um, usually injury if, if it leaves a mark. Um, serious bodily injury if it causes some type of incapacitation. Okay. Um, and then the third level, which is by far and away the most serious, is um, strangulation of a household member. Um, and in our eyes, um, that's one step short of um, homicide. Um, that, and that's where someone strangles someone to the point that they're, they're, they lose consciousness. Um, and you, it's um, it probably, I think it was adopted in Wyoming sometime around 2007 or so, give or, give or take a year or two. And that was a, a big step, um, separating that from regular um, aggravated assault. Really? So for a long time, that was looked at just aggravated assault? Yeah, and, and aggravated assault's a serious charge. Right, um, But right. It, the legislature, in, in its wisdom, um, saw the reason to, to separate those two and, and add the strangulation of a household member. That's incredible. What is the policy uh, when addressing these types of calls? Um, I know our officers go through a lot of training, and, and I would imagine... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Captain Lieutenant, the, is there a special school or, or a clinic that our officers can actually even attend that addresses um, these types of crimes? There are. For in instance, uh, the, the training I received on strangulation was a separate class. Uh, that, but this prevention of domestic violence and domestic abuse is such a high priority statewide that it, it makes up a significant amount of our peace officer basic training. Um, an investigation is an investigation, whether I'm investigating a shoplifting, a homicide, you're still gathering all the facts and comparing what happened to statute and, and making a decision. Now, obviously, some investigations are a lot more in-depth than others. Mm -hmm. No way comparing shopliftings to homicides. I'm just saying our officers are trained to gather all the facts available and make an informed decision. There's a uh, method. Yes, yeah. comparing it to statutes. Um, but there are um, there is specific uh, domestic violence training that our officers gone to. But ultimately, it's a battery, or it's an assault, or it's strangulation. Um, it's if we go to a uh, a bar, and one patron assaults another patron, leaving bodily injury. That's a battery. Mm -hmm. But now, because with the domestic, there, there's that relationship as a household member. That it's it, they're not they're not that uh, complicated. When we boil down and remove yeah. the emotions and the relationship, the actual crime itself yes. is still the exact same thing. Yes. Now we definitely do gather information on the emotions and the relationships and the past. Uh, dynamics between the, the household members but like you said when you strip everything away there's either a, a crime or there's not yeah and our job is to gather all the facts to uh, forward to the county attorney's office for prosecution captain how many decades have you been on the force uh two so for over 20 years yes you've been dealing with this right here in, in sheridan yes now has this type of call been one of the most that you can remember responding to in memory? Um, they happen. Um, 
as, as far as crimes go, I'd say it's probably middle of the pack. Most, most of our, the, the crimes we respond to that aren't self-initiated, like a, a DUI, or mm -hmm. we, we, we see a crime and we address it. Um, it, it could be. I, I think this anecdotally we respond to, probably respond to more thefts. Um, oh, really? And, okay. And things than we do. Um, the domestic violence. Um, but in our eyes, one, and it's cliche, but one incident of domestic violence is one too many. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why it's such, because the stakes are so high, is that, and, and with the escalation, that that's why our, our goal is to have zero incidents of domestic violence. Um, and Lieutenant Hill can certainly speak on what we do to, to, to mitigate um, um, the escalation. Absolutely. LT, um, has there been an improvement over the last couple of years? And Captain, in your 20 years, and looking back, would, would either one of you say that these calls have fallen in frequency at all? Um, I bear in mind I've been <clears throat> office bound for seven years or, or, or so, but I, I think it roughly stays the same. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting, like any crime, and I've said this before here, you know, we often have these campaigns. Yeah. Um, like for, we don't have a campaign for homicide. People know you, it's illegal and it's, you can't do it. Um, the difference between that and domestic violence is that people are, it's hard to see and the escalation when you're immersed in something. When, when it's your life, your, your life is an argument with, with your significant other or your household member. It's often difficult to see, actually see what's going on um, fr from the inside. It's just what you know, it's your life, and I, in my, that, that's how things escalate to where things do turn physical. It's like you've, you've lived it so long, you, you, you don't know it's happening because it's yeah. all you know. And you've adapted. Yes. You, you know, uh, speaking with Yvonne Swanson from the Advocacy Center, so many victims have just learned to live around this um, because they love the individual. They're dedicated to the individual. Many times they're married to the individual. This is our business. And they're keeping it hidden in protection of the abuser. Yes. Uh, and so I can completely see what you're talking about there, where they don't even realize it's gotten as bad as it has. And of particular concerns is not only are the victims living this life, is they blame themselves. Um, yeah. And that is absolutely a, a falsehood. This is never the victim's fault of women or a man never deserves to get hit by their, by their partner. Um, it's never the right answer to, to victimize someone in a, in a domestic situation or really any other situation. But either they're talked into um, blaming themselves or they disblame themselves. You know, I, I deserved it or I had it coming, which is abs an absolute falsehood. Yeah. Um, domestic violence is always the aggressor's fault. And, and, and they've been gaslit and manipulated so much in this relationship. Yeah. And, that that and, they're just convinced it's them that's causing. And a big part of our investigations is determining who the aggressor is. Um, I mean, if we may arrive, um, 
to a call where both both parties have injuries, yeah. um, but one may have defensive injuries, um, say bruises on their outside of their arms from holding their arms up in self-defense, or they had the injured um, the aggressor um, dis, um, save themselves. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's got to be so difficult to sit there and say 3 a.m. in the morning and try to get this figured out. Yeah, it's not really because we're trying to help the victim. So the, the people we hire put their energy into running, uh, conducting victim-oriented investigations. So they're incredibly driven. Yeah. Um, to, and, and you tend to wake up and, and, and on these calls. It's, um, it's not like we're going through it in the days, um, even at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, when we do get some of these calls. Um, we want to know what happened, and we want to get the victim help, and we also want to um, make them safe. And that is that is something very comforting to know. We're going to have more with our Sheridan Police Department right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan County Chamber of Commerce is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. Champion Funeral Home is dedicated to providing compassionate and personalized service to your families. They provide support, personable care, and affordable prices to Sheridan and Johnson County and surrounding areas. Champion Funeral Home has been family-owned and operated since 1911. They will comfort you in your time of need and provide your family with a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Contact Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6369. Do you own that house? You know, the one with the holes in the front door, disintegrating window sills, paint coming off in sheets, and weeds as high as a roof. The one house that everybody in the neighborhood knows. Do you want to just walk away, but you can't afford to without some money in your pocket? Well, Wild Renovation is perfect for you. They'll make you a cash offer for your home, no matter the condition or how rough it is. Find them on Facebook or at wildrenovation.com. Jim Markle Sr. doesn't talk about his time in Vietnam, but he's carried it with him ever since. It wasn't until 1980, five years after the end of the Vietnam War, that the condition post-traumatic stress disorder was even identified. One minute we're in combat, Next minute, we're back home. It was just too much. The Wild Film Festival presents Return, a story that documents a father-son trip to Vietnam to hopefully gain an understanding of events that ultimately shape their relationship. He brought something back from Vietnam. He's carried it with him for 40-plus years now, and I think he's going to leave it behind. I hope he can. Return, just one of the films at this year's Wild Film Festival. September 28th through October 1st. I also like to see what happened to those units who were left behind. We were supposed to pull a lot of people out of Vietnam, and we just left and abandoned them. See the full lineup and get your tickets at yofilmfest.org. 
Our paint department is stocked up and ready to get you going on your exterior painting projects. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Now's the time, too. We're excited to help you with your exterior painting and staining projects. We have true value in PPG paints and stains, many exciting options and color combinations for your outside project. Come see us. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company and Office Supply Store at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. Yeah. Wanting to do the right thing. All right. Welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. This month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, uh, the month of October that we're going into. We're jumping ahead here. We're trying to get ahead of this. I want to have uh, as many people talk about this issue uh, in the month of October as I can. Here in the Cowboy State, 33.9% of women and 30.5% of men have experienced intimate partner physical violence sexual assault or stalking in their lifetimes now this alarming issue is not being left unaddressed on any given day in the year 2020 wyoming domestic violence programs like our own sheridan advocacy and resource center offered assistance to 280 victims and received 108 phone calls now that's a day approximately five calls every hour this morning i'm speaking with captain of the sheridan police department tom ringley and lieutenant james hill even though we we have these programs therapists and and dedicated people uh working to solve this issue it is still a problem in the first part we talked about some of the offenses that abusers can be charged with the differences between battery aggravated assault uh, now this this is a question i think a lot of people would love to to ask and so i'm just going to do it we spoke on strangulation a little bit and that that is now a separate offense uh, which we do appreciate uh, being done by the wyoming legislature my question is this why is it simply not attempted murder you'd have to ask the uh the uh, legislature, why? Yeah. You know, once it established the, the statute, um, it, it may be a, 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 a question of intent. intent. Um, attempted mur- murder, and Lieutenant Hill may have some thoughts on this too. Because I mean, there is <laughs> basically yeah. like a, a, what are they, crime of passion, murders yeah. of passion. You walk in, you see your spouse with someone else, you fire the weapon, juries tend to go a little yeah. more lenient and, and, on and bear in mind strangulation can definitely be attempted homicide okay okay um, so it, it, again yeah, it depends it, it, it doesn't get you out of uh, the homicide um, um it's 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 a play, we're talking about a very narrow um application um dur- during a, an incident of domestic violence but you know the homicide homicide and attempted homicide can definitely be also applied to incidents of domestic violence it, strangulation doesn't get you out of anything yeah. Um, LT, what are your thoughts? It, I, I think it's, um, it was adopted and known because it was a specific offense that was often being committed that was hard to address with the current elements of laws that was written before. Um, because the way that the strangulation does is have to do with restricting the airway of somebody. And so that's something that is we can document on scene and address that might not always fall into the serious bodily injury of an aggravated assault. 
or rise to the level of attempted murder was saying that the intent was to end somebody's life. Um, we'll see in domestic violence situations, especially with ongoing issues of violence that happens over years, um, strangling somebody, grabbing them by the throat and neck is a common tactic. It's used often because it can um, cause pain and show the dominance and control of the aggressor, which is a lot of times what domestic violence is about is aggression and control. It's the way for the offender to regain control of the situation, regain control of the other person, exercising that by, you know, your breath, which is one of your, you know, your assist, uh, essences of being a human being. So by doing that and showing, you know, it's like, look how powerful I am. I can take this away from Correct. you. Correct. Exactly. And so it's a very, you know, close crime to somebody. Um, and it was being seen often, but it, it was kind of falling in between um, hard to show some of that serious bodily injury because the way that has often been interpreted is some sort of long-term disability disfigurement, you know, missing uh, something that'll make you handicapped, something like that, um, which is not going to happen if you're just restricted in airway. That could just be a, um, you know, it's very dangerous when it's going on, but it's something you might be able to recover from quickly depending on, you know, the amount of force used. So it was kind of a in-between crime that uh, was wanted to be addressed. And so it was kind of making a specific uh, offense to deal with a specific problem that was seen often with intimate partner violence. Not bad enough for this, but worse than that type of situation. Yes, and just making sure that it was uh, addressed seriously. Yeah, yeah, because of the way that, the, you know, the law, um, and that's something that we know and deal with often is the um, societal norms and expectations don't always meet up with what the criminal code is, right? So just because we, in shorthand, refer to something as an assault, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the crime of assault. Um, you know, the way that we speak in conversation just as people and in society is different than the legal code. Um, and that applies to, to strangulation, just like uh, most crimes. We have very specific definitions of what is a serious bodily injury, what is, you know, restricting airflow, all of these things. And uh, that's a good thing that the crime are exactly defined so we know what we're doing. And that's why they spend so much time down there writing, so that we can actually narrow these things down and uh, hopefully not miss any holes. We talked about investigating these types of crimes in the first half now if police actually have evidence okay we've we have found markings we have we've gotten testimony or, or witness accounts what do we do next if we have probable cause that a you know a crime of violence occurred whether that is in an intimate partner setting or you know between strangers if road rage or whatever the circumstances may be we will take action most likely handcuffs and a custodial arrest for violent action um we at the sheridan police department we reflect the values of our city and the values of the sheridan is that we we aren't violent we're not yeah. going to tolerate violence we certainly won't tolerate violence in the uh, context of intimate partner uh, relationships and so when we have uh, the elements of a crime and that we have the probable cause to make the arrest, we'll do so. And so that's what we'll do. Um, and so the offender will go to jail for the custodial arrest. Um, we also recognize that there's other parties involved, and so we will um, give out the Wyoming Victims' Rights forms as required, and also uh, 
work with the victim to try and get them in contact with the Advocacy and Resource Center. Um, depending on their wishes, we can call an advocate out on scene in the middle of the night if we need to or wherever. Um, they can respond and, and help that victim immediately, um, whether that's you know shelter or child care or counseling or just having somebody to sit with them. Uh, so the uh, offender can go to jail and the, the victim can get some help immediately. So when we handle types of situations like this, the approach to this is to find evidence, figure out what's going on, and if we get that evidence, we make an arrest. Captain, it wasn't very long ago, and I'm not saying this about the Sheridan PD. I'm fairly new to the area. But it wasn't very long ago that it, there was a practice of everyone's going to jail tonight. Uh, in some areas. Have you ever experienced that as a policy in your distinguished career? No, and that also sounds like there's potential constitutional rights violations in, in, um, in that practice. So um, you think maybe that was quite possibly a myth? Um, I will only speak for the Sheridan Police Department. It's the only place I've, I've been a police officer. Um, we would not jail a victim. Um, there's almost always a primary aggressor. Um, and we have a great deal of resources at our disposal to determine that, to include um, the county attorney's office has always answered a phone and um, answered our questions and, and helped us make a decision. Um, it's, um, I've, I've never understood that. Now, if there's a, I could see if there's a bar fight yeah. and it's an agency's policy to arrest everyone involved in something like that, then sure, if, if, that's, if that's their policing method. Um, but in regards to domestic violence, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was something that was addressed in another city that I lived in for quite some time. Uh, a lot of people felt that that's what was going on. And, and the hard thing is, is as an outsider looking down at, at these types of things in the newspaper, you just, you don't know everything that's going on. Um, and, and many times I, th I think this would have to be a very sometimes frustrating thing to investigate, uh, from a police perspective. Um, I imagine we see a, a lot of repeat offenders in this type of situation, correct? You, you do see, uh, repeat offenders and repeat, um, households that you return to. Uh, I would say that that has been something that we've specifically tried to address at the Sheridan Police Department, and I think we are making strides in that direction, and I think you're seeing um, less of that. Um, the statistics I looked at that we keep track of, um, we there's domestic violence and there's intimate partner violence. We're, again, that's kind of a thing that we're using interchangeably here, but the statistics and things that we specifically look at with the Sheridan Police Department are intimate partner violence. Um, and these numbers that we have here and that we're looking at is that not domestic violence. <clears throat> domestic violence is anybody in the household, right? So that could be, you know, adult siblings or roommates that counts as domestic violence and would fall under state statute. Um, what we're talking about on this show more specifically is the intimate partner violence. And for those crimes, um, since we started taking a more specific look at them at the police department and addressing them in some strategies that we've developed and worked with um, other agencies to um, want to target them 
in 2017, I'd had here that we um, averaged 0.45 calls for service following an arrest. So that means in 2017, every time we made an arrest, on average, we would go back there, you know, half, there'd be a call. So for, you know, if there was two people that were arrested for domestic violence, the chances are we would be back at that same household once that year. Since we've started addressing this more specifically, that number has fallen to 0.05 calls for service average. So that would be out of 20 arrests, we would maybe return to the same household once. Oh, wow. Which that's... I think is a really good number, and it shows the dedication of our you know, investigations, prosecutions, and the Advocacy and Resources Center in the way that focusing on these problems and not just saying this is going to happen, you know, not just accepting that this is part of life and that it happens and it's bad, but we can't do anything. We, we've shown that you can, um, if you put effort and energy into it, you can have an effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and how, I, I mean, we've, we've talked about them a few times when it comes to these types of crimes during the investigation, ultimately, once the arrest is made, how, how often have you seen, uh, in your own personal anecdotal experience, and we're not going off of strict numbers here, uh, just what you gentlemen have seen, how often does the victim take your advice and make that phone call to the advocacy center? Uh, I wouldn't know because that's kind of something that we, uh, we separate the two tracks, right? And I think that's important to do. The advocacy resource center works with the victim. They don't work with the police. Um, and so that's important for victims and people to know that if you want to reach out to them, it's not necessarily mean that the police are going to become involved or that the advocate is going to be telling the police department everything that you say. Um, they're two separate agencies who have two separate purposes and, and work. Um, we work together. You know, we notify each other as needed and uh, make the proper referrals, uh, but we're not working hand in hand. Um, and so that's one of those things that we do the uh, pass off and, you know, we'll say we can call an advocate for you tonight. I would say most of the time they do not want an advocate to show up on scene, but we do offer them that. And then the um, Advocacy and Resource Center is notified and we give them the contact information for the victim, verify the best time of call and a, a contact phone number, and then give that to the advocacy center. And then uh, what contact is made and what happens after is is between the victim and the advocates to to handle as best they can. Independent, uh, away from police influence, uh, which uh, even though you know um, um, I wouldn't say is needed, but uh, is definite. Well, I wouldn't say is needed here, but is definitely needed in the system to yeah, have that and, third and, party removal. And the, the, the third side of that is the advocates also advocate for victims during the court proceedings for the suspects so they can keep them informed of that. So it's kind of a, a triangle to where all, all, all the angles meet, but they're, they're not overlapping. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, no influence on anyone else. I, I, I think, which is definitely the right thing. All right. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. We'll have more with our Sheridan police department. When we return, you're listening to public pulse on nine thirty KROE and one Oh three point nine FM. Sheridan. 
Are you tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank and Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer, you're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hi, I'm David. And I'm Ian. We're with Rooted in Wyoming. Please consider sponsoring Rooted's collaborative programming. You can also bid on fabulous items in our online auction. It's open now through September 23rd. Go to rootedinwyoming.org. With your generous support, Rooted can continue working with dozens of partners to improve access to locally grown food for Wyoming families. Thank you. Mandy Koltiska from Century 21 BHJ Realty brings you this pet of the week from the dog and cat shelter. Ellie is a proud Australian cattle dog who wants to be your best companion. She's a ton of fun and is currently on a diet. If you need an exercise partner, Ellie will meet you on the treadmill. One shy kitty and one extrovert are searching for the perfect home. These one-year-old sisters are best friends looking to be lifelong roommates. If you've got the room, come and meet Zulu and Foxtrot today. Get ready, September Explorers. It's time to embark on cozy journeys through the fall foliage. And where should that journey begin? Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet, your premier destination for discovering the perfect vehicle for your early fall adventures. As the leaves change, so does their pre-owned inventory. Vehicles are rolling off the lot as fast as the leaves are falling. September is the month to change your ride. Experience the wearing way of buying vehicles. Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet, 107 Stalger. Online, Wearing Sheridan. Are you ready to turn a page on your career? McDonald's restaurants in Sharon have an exciting opportunity. McDonald's is on the lookout for a dynamic full-time shift manager to lead the team, starting at an impressive $21 per hour. This open-to-close position, including weekends, offers stability and opportunities for advancement. This shift manager position has a starting pay of $21 per hour. Visit McHire.com to submit your application online or drop by any McDonald's location and children to pick up an application. You know that old saying that people that live in stone houses shouldn't throw glasses? Well, the same goes for the guy who swears at his poor before because it don't run right. Handos. You heard me. Handos Service Center will take the cussing out of you and your poor before's relationship. Bring that bad boy in and get it tuned up. Fixed up and accessorized so it gets you where you want to go and then back again. Don't bark up the wrong tree. Bark up the right tree. Hendo Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, we're speaking with the captain of the Sheridan Police Department, Tom Ringley, and Lieutenant James Hill. We're speaking about domestic violence. Wyoming State Statute 6-2-506 defines stalking. And all too often, stalking is a technique utilized by abusers to exert control over their victims when they cannot physically harm them. When we look at instances of domestic violence uh, through, through history or intimate partner violence, uh, as the LT has, has defined for us, we have to examine the fact that 
the arrest is not the end of the line. Um, there are programs out there for individuals to attend. Uh, there's help that can be got. All too often, though, the victim can't seem to get away from their abuser. Uh, and a lot of this has to do with just the act of control. LT, how often does the SPD handle stalking types of crimes? Or do we kind of, and, and I don't mean this in an offensive, disregarding way, but do we put that into the same category as like an intimate partner violence? Uh, we most definitely do put that in the same category as intimate violence on my um, spreadsheet that I use to, to track these numbers and offenses. Stalking is a column that we do there and address because it is um, a common offense that we see as part of this and we know as part of the... Uh, can be part of the cycle of violence. And stalking is something that we are very concerned about when we see that behavior. Um, we know from research and past experiences that stalking is an indication of an escalation. And I will have more concern about um, future violence up into a homicide if I see stalking behavior probably even more than just a simple battery offense. Stalking is very concerning because you're seeing um, that level of paranoia and need for control and the acting out that comes with it and usually the uh, deliberate effort that comes from stalking and all of the uh, energies that the offender is putting into the offense. So it's something we take seriously. It's a crime that um, I wouldn't say always, but there are uh, times when we even uh, move that over into our criminal investigation division uh, with detectives to handle stalking cases uh, because we recognize how serious they are and um, the fear it creates for the victim and also the uh, fear we have for their welfare of, of these stalking cases depending on the, the facts of the crime. So we take them seriously and uh, sometimes we know that the follow-up required even needs a detective to do it. Absolutely. Uh, these cases... I imagine, unless it's kind of done blatantly, right out in the open, uh, which stalkers tend to not do, it would take who knows how many hours of investigation to figure out this individual is manipulating the situation, manipulating the environment, manipulating people, manipulating the person, all in a goal to cause fear over one human being. And so... I, I'm, I'm really happy that you address the level of dedication that some of these stalkers have, where it, it's become an obsession to simply have that control. Uh, but it's got to be tough to prove uh, in some cases. Um, I, I, I might con uh, oppose the, the view you just gave that it doesn't happen out in the open. It frequently happens Does it? out okay. in the open. Okay. When, driving by someone's place of work, driving by a, a new significant other's house in, in public. Um, most of, a lot of the stalking ha happens in public and we have witnesses or we, um, and it's, um, it's something, not all the time, but sometimes it's easy to, we, I mean, we, we have witnesses and yeah. we, we have, um, or we have security or uh, we have camera footage and, or, you know, like door ring. Yeah. Footage, um, and I think that this shows how um, brazen and bold these aggressors get to where they think they can 
stalk someone in public and affect someone else's behavior in public and har harass, conduct this pattern of harassment in, in public by driving past people's houses and following them um, through town. And there are freq frequently, um, frequently witnesses and also cell phones are great because they can record everything. Ah, yes. And speaking of cell phones, the advent of social media and social media stalking is a, I mean, that puts on a whole different layer of stalking now. And, uh, how often are you looking at these types of situations? The, the complaints come up. However, social media stalking is fairly easy to stop because people don't have to, I mean, if, they, they're, if they're truly victimized and right or wrong, they can not look at social media. Mm -hmm. um, w whether that's fair or not is, is one thing, but people don't have, have you to You don't check. have to have that. Yes, but people, um, but it also makes it easy to prove. Um, we've a detective, um, Aaron Hartman, can down, it's just, um, completed training on cell phone downloads oh, fantastic. so now we, we can all we can uh conduct um searches of cell phones and electronic devices with a warrant um in, internally and you get that cell phone you get it down there and it becomes just a mountain of evidence uh I, you know cell phones do all kinds of things yeah. they, they track where you've been they track what you've looked at and they track uh i mean they could literally track you through the course of a day uh, and who knows what else now in 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 the future as we go forward you talked about how the SPD is addressing domestic violence as an issue within the city what are some of the techniques that our officers and yourselves are using out on the streets to try and stop this problem that just seems like it probably unstoppable the way we've set it up is we have um kind of a tiered approach to our responses so the first thing that we do is if we are responding to a situation involving a dispute between a couple um we take the time to talk to them in that initial response and give them uh something that we've developed with community partners that is a list of resources. So it has a list on there of places that they can go depending on whatever issue they're struggling with, substance abuse or employment, uh, other agencies that we can point them to to help them. And we do that on the first response when there's no violence and it's just something that's escalated and we've got there and we tried to talk to them and uh, show them that there's other ways that they can uh, get help as needed. The other thing that we've done is the when there is violence and we're responding to a crime is the way that we focus on it. We take it seriously, investigate, making cases ready for the courtroom, even if the victim uh, is no longer wanting to participate in the process. We try to build those cases so that it is um, clear what happened and we investigate the full context of the incident. We don't just look at what uh, is directly in front of us, but we do thorough investigations and get them ready for court. And we're also connecting victims with resources and uh, showing the offenders that there are consequences for their actions. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times, you know, just being able to have someone like the team down at the Advocacy Center, uh, you've got a whole dedicated group of people who were ready to jump in and respond and uh, to situations that I know I know a lot of officers want to help with but 
they can't. And, and so having that team to rely on, I think, is fantastic. And we're very lucky to have them. I do have um, a question uh, regarding anecdotally, how often is alcohol used uh, in these involved in these cases, Captain? Well, over the last 10 years, alcohol's involved in, it fluctuates between 67 and 75% of all of our arrests. Um, so I would put... Um, alcohol involvement in domestic violence arrests on the higher side of that yeah um just strictly anecdotally off my memory probably about 90 yeah 90 percent. but there are some incidents to where the aggressor has been cold and calculating and there was no there were no substances involved it was an ongoing pattern that um, escalated um, until we were called um, so my point is, people don't get to blame alcohol and controlled substances on, on being an, uh, an aggressor. Now, the losing control. Um, you can answer this, or you can, you can okay. not. How often in your career have one of these abusers lost control on you after you've responded? What do you mean by losing control? Assaulted you. I've never been assaulted. Um, I never let things get to that point. I show up with a command presence, and that's some feedback I've gotten over the years is my command presence gets me a long way. I've never been assaulted. Um, yeah. It's not, I've never, it, I just haven't. Um, and it's also use of good tactics and how we respond. Um, yeah, domestic violence or otherwise, I, I've never had anyone take a full step up to me if i see the clenched fists then they're going into handcuffs yep and so on that it seems like uh, a lot of these abusers seem to be able to control themselves in the presence of officers but not their victims no it's because they will pick a weak victim and they will not confront strength that's right all right if you are in need of help, there is a way out. You do not have to live this way. Call the Advocacy and Resource Center, 307-672-3222. Tomorrow can be better. Captain, Lieutenant, I want to thank you very much for coming in and speaking with me about this very um, sensitive subject. Uh, I know it's not something that a lot of people like to talk about, but, uh, you know, in conversations with you guys over the past couple of years, I really do appreciate the fact that we are digging this out and bringing it out into the open because the more we talk about it, the better things we'll get. Thank you. Thanks for having Thanks. us. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan County Chamber of Commerce is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. 
Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. I'm here with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. It's September, and you know what that means. Pumpkin spice. Well, no, Tommy. It's hunting season, and that means it's time to get your car side-by-side and ATV serviced. You tune your bow. You need to tune your transportation. The last thing you want to worry about is being stranded on the mountain. Yeah, good thinking. Even if you're not a hunter, now is a great time to get your vehicle serviced before winter hits. Remember, we can service all makes and models for automobiles and power sports. Call Sheridan Honda and Power Sports to schedule your service today. Running, falling, standing up again, standing up again. Between July and September 2022, a recording endeavor called the Wyo Folk Project was engineered in Hoback, Wyoming. The compilation ultimately became an album of 14 previously unreleased works by 14 of Wyoming's celebrated songwriters. Join Jalan Crossland, Sarah Sample, Aaron Davis, and many more as they perform the Wyo Folk Project live tomorrow night at 7 in Sheridan's Wyo Theater. Get your tickets today at the box office or online at yotheater.com. Attention food lovers, you may have noticed there's some road construction happening out in front of Frackleton's, but don't let that deter you from enjoying culinary perfection because there are six public parking lots within walking distance. Here's just one. North Brooks behind the sports stop is just 320 steps from Frackleton's. So just park your car in one of these nearby lots and you're only a short stroll away. So don't let a little road work stop you from savoring the best flavors in town at Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits. ERA Carroll Realty, Wyoming Corporate Office, and First Federal Savings Bank ask you to help them fill the bus with food for the food group and the 700 school children assisted with weekend meals. It's as easy as shopping at Albertsons while the food group bus is there Saturday, September 23rd, and at Ridley's on September 30th, then donating a food item from the food list found on SheridanMedia.com. Cash donations are always welcome. Come on, Sheridan, help fill the bus for the food group, making a difference one kid at a time. 103.9 103.9 FM is News Talk 930, KROE, Sheridan. K-R-O-E.